live. Welcome, everybody, here to the uh, Lakers Lowdown podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by nobody, which makes this a Lakers Lowdown. I'm joined by you guys. And you know what? On that note, shouts to Lakers Sean here with the super comment. Uh, Ham <clears throat> doesn't know how to use timeouts. 15-2 to two run in the first, no timeout. Then lets them score 21 points to the Lakers' five before calling a timeout in the third. Meanwhile, Vogel called a timeout on a six-point Laker run, shaking my head. You know what, Laker Sean? I'm shaking my head as well. I have been shaking my head all year um, as it pertains to that, <laughs> that particular gripe. Apologies for my voice. Uh, but yeah, I think... And look, the first quote that we get from Darwin right after the game is what? The Lakers need to man up, uh, according to Darwin. Which, yeah, sure, when you're already on tenuous footing with a bunch of like, professional athletes, some of the most competitive people on the planet, you want to like question their manhood? It's one thing when Byron used to say that about uh, or, you know, after games with the Lakers, he was saying that about a young team and he was saying it about like everybody but Kobe on that team. But imagine telling a Kobe team, a veteran Kobe team, y'all need to man up. You weren't manly enough in that game. And especially given all of the questions about him as a coach that still exists, right? Like, uh, one of my topics here was going to be, this is why those questions still remain about Darwin is a loss like this. The Lakers are still, look, they won those two games in a row. But when you think about it, Norm Powell got a, a, a look to tie your, I think it was to go ahead in that game. It went in and out. So let's say he makes that shot. The Lakers got 23 free throws to two in the fourth quarter against Toronto. Let's say the refereeing is a little differently. It goes differently in that game. And you go into this game having lost every game basically in this, in this January this, that, that you were supposed to rack up wins with. And then you get blown out the way that the Lakers did here in, uh, against not just like the Phoenix Suns, they're a super talented team. They're going to do this to a bunch of teams over the course of the year. But to Frank Vogel and the Phoenix Suns, you guys think it's a coincidence that Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal were up off, like still playing midway through the fourth quarter as the Suns were up like 30 on the Lakers? You think that's a coincidence? <laughs> Probably not. You know, um, there's a lot that I have to uh, get to here in this game. But to me, like starting your press conference, given all of the questions about you as a head coach, starting that with questions about manhood, not exactly how I would have handled it. So the final here, uh, 127 to 109, the Phoenix Suns go into L.A. and beat the Lakers the Suns improved to 20 and 18. The Lakers fall to 19 and 20. Uh, the uh, totals in this one, certainly interesting. You have LeBron sitting at 10 points <laughs> in this game. So that streak uh, remains alive. Anthony Davis finishes with 13. Uh, and, you know, just for context, Skyler May is 
so he outscores LeBron in this one. That's certainly um, interesting. It's a nationally televised game. LeBron playing that way strikes me as interesting. Um, and before I continue rambling, we have a guest. This is great. I'm going to have to change the background, but this is great. Sabrina, how you doing? You good? You, 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 <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I watch. The, the, the topic I was just hitting on a second ago was it's interesting that in a nationally televised game, LeBron was this kind of disinterested going up against that particular that particular team, that particular head coach, given all the noise uh, surrounding this. Um, I'm just going to say it. I had, I had clips sent to me. There were some people at the game against their most recent win against, I believe it was Toronto. Um, mm -hmm. and it was like the person, the, the people that I was talking to who were at that game were like, man, LeBron really doesn't interact with Darvin Ham. And then, uh, <laughs> asked like some, I asked like around to see like, if that is a trend and they were like, Oh, you thought that was bad. The Clippers game was even worse where, where Darvin is like trying to like write up the, you know, he's calling these timeouts and, and like just kind of like staring off into the distance. Um, and you have the compliments that he's giving to Teron Lou, compliments that he's giving to Eric Spolstra. And then he doesn't essentially play in this game, keeps his alive, but like didn't really participate in this game. I, it, I know I'm 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 uh, adept when it comes to or, or or quick to jump to grab my tinfoil hat, but like, are you connecting dots here too? So during the Toronto game the other day, or maybe it was the Clipper game, uh, I was talking with a friend of mine, and I was just sort of saying like LeBron just gets bored sometimes and like craves drama, you know. And this is sort of like, oh, you know, it's been. It's been such and such time since an event happened. Let's, you know, let's have some fun here. But the energy today was so weird. Like how many just odd LeBron pull-ups were there in transition, like without attempting to pass to anyone, even though like the jumper wasn't really there. Uh, just the, the terrible layups that were just missing left and right. I mean, obviously he was going to get his 10 points. Like, let's be clear. That streak is the only thing that's left at this point. But yeah, just super disinterested LeBron. I haven't seen the post-game quotes yet. Did he say anything nice about Frank? Has he spoken post-game? Is that going to happen? Like, uh, <laughs> It'd be great if he I was assume... just like, I missed that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like LeBron, gotta hit the LeBron's going to tweet out, like, the, remember the Wolverine meme? Remember the Wolverine meme where he's like in yeah. his bed? He's like looking. <laughs> he's going to send out a picture. <laughs> like looking at that oh meme God. with Frank in it. Um, yeah, I, I found this really interesting and, and, and again, like I know that I am susceptible to narratives and narrative analysis and all that stuff and body language analysis and, 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 and things of that nature. But this was interesting. This was a TNT game. The Lakers, you would think are turning the vibes around, but mm -hmm. remember when they beat the Clippers, right? And they're like, LeBron, what does this do for the vibes in, in, in the locker room, what does it no, say about what you, he's like? It's one game. Like, what are you talking about? And it was like, and then and then earlier, like earlier this season, they're like, hey, LeBron, what did you think? Like, what what was what happened in the in season tournament that isn't happening now? He's like, those were two games, and he basically keeps on pointing to the, like the larger data sample being that yeah, we kind of suck. 
like yeah like outside of of a stretch where you know we had five hundred thousand dollars to gain from it uh mm -hmm. we haven't been a very good basketball team and i find that really interesting i find it i find i find all of this fascinating um as look i i'm not gonna go so far no i will I have heard that LeBron is is kind of out on him. Like I've heard that yeah. like LeBron is is kind of like, yeah, he's all right. You know, he's fine. I but hey, okay. So would it shock you if he was like he's a second year head coach? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I mean, a couple things. One, I, I always feel like LeBron does a good job of being a steward of the league, right? Like he understands when, you know, the the NBA needs him to help prop something up, like with the tournament or like, you know, he plays yeah. hard in national TV games. He understands like if I'm going up against Kevin Durant, this is a big deal. You know, um, there's only so many opportunities we have to do this for the rest of our careers. I, I feel like he understands moment better than a lot of other guys yeah. in the NBA. And whatever is going on, he does try to be a good face of the league a good you know ambassador of the league and it's weird that like you said a tnt game when just just horrible games going on left and right otherwise on thursday it's <laughs> all eyes on the lakers Poor ernie johnson you know, didn't even have a game to throw to <laughs> <laughs> for him to no show like this is, is very strange to me um but yeah just the way that he's behaving I have no other explanation other than he's just tired of this team. And it's, it's weird to me that he is so out on him because I realize it's not a very large sample size of success for Darvin Ham, but he did push some good buttons to get the Lakers to the conference finals last year. Like it wasn't, he wasn't like yeah. an, anti that process, right? Like I understand the players get the lion's share of the crowd. Sabrina apparently is having some technical difficulties, uh, but yeah, I, it is it is interesting right it has to be interesting that we kind of find ourselves here um i'm gonna go ahead and pause <laughs> i'm gonna hide sabrina for a second so that she isn't stuck there um but no i i like i can't help but but combine all of these all right sorry i'm a little discombobulated but but essentially um, one of the people that I always have on the show pretty regularly, especially when like LeBron is up to stuff like this is George Sedano. And, um, the other day as all of this stuff is going on, uh, George texted me and he was like, Hey, you know, you're seeing this too, right? You're seeing this too. And the line that George always, um, drops about, um, about basically LeBron in these spots is like, he doesn't just drop breadcrumbs if he feels the need if he feels like he has to he drops the whole loaf and um unfortunately by the way sabrina isn't going to be able to keep uh up the the show her power just went out so uh sabrina hope you're safe but but like yeah i i find myself when all of this is going on like at no point uh did 
LeBron or anybody for that matter, speak up for Darvin Ham um, with with everything that, you know, all the rumors about like his relationship with Austin Reeves, uh, the 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 notion of, uh, you know, tension in the locker room or a lack of trust in the locker room between the players and the coach. Uh, at no point did anybody like step up and be like, no, Darvin is our guy. We stand with him 100%. We all have to figure this out together. Like we never got any of those quotes. Raj pointed that out, that out the other night. And I was like, what do you want guys to lie? And and that's kind of where we kind of find ourselves. And, um, and I think tonight you, you combine the way that, LeBron plays in this one and the quote that immediately comes out from Darwin about, you know, the, the, um, you know, manhood and, and we didn't man up and all that stuff. It's very Byron esque. Every time I see that phrase, I'm like, I get like PTSD from the Byron era and, and yeah, like it's, it's impossible to not connect these dots. So, um, I, what we're going to do is I'm going to take a, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and get back to the game and and kind of regather myself and we'll look at some of the uh specifics of this game because i do think even though it's a blowout and even though it's hard to really draw any conclusions from that type of a blowout i do think there are some things of note there that uh you know the lakers are going to have to address here moving forward first and foremost I had just recorded an Anthony Davis <laughs> appreciation episode uh, yesterday. Uh, not the one that I did with Aaron uh, that was about the trade rumors and all that stuff, but like, I guess it was two shows ago, the Anthony Davis appreciation app. And in this one, you know, he finishes 13.6 of 11 from the field, um, five rebounds and assists steal and two blocks. And like, while the game was close, was just not a factor. And it was really clear that the Suns were going to do everything that they could to make life as difficult on AD as possible. And they wanted to keep Yusuf Nurkic out of foul trouble. That has been kind of a trend here as the Lakers to this point had beaten Phoenix, I think three or four times in a row. Um, in this one, Phoenix adjusted and did a lot more pre-rotating, did a lot different things defensively uh, to make life more difficult on the Lakers trying to get the ball even to Anthony Davis. And it kind of took him out of the game. And at no point did we see any kind of adjustment. Um, you know, the only thing, the closest thing that we saw to it was essentially Austin running a lot more pick and roll with AD to try to get the ball directly to him. But when the other team is pre-rotating to make those things difficult and has enough length to bother Austin Reeves, Austin didn't play very well here again tonight. Um, you know, whatever adjustments the Lakers were trying to make uh, just didn't pan out. And and I think, you know, the thing that I gave them credit for the other night against Toronto, that again, it just doesn't happen here, is the other night the Lakers went away from, from AD and then went back to him. And AD has that dominant fourth period. In this one, the Lakers just like never got him going and as soon as Phoenix made it difficult to get him the ball, the Lakers were just like, well, okay, I guess we're just going to take some more difficult shots here. And, and this is the thing that like, you know, really has bothered me over the course of the season is like, there's just never any building on success. Uh, it's what LeBron said the other day when he was like, when he was talking about 
the game that the Lakers beat the Clippers in, and then eventually also the game that they beat the, the Raptors in, he was like, yeah, we need to, we learn, we, we're try, we, you always, you feel like you have to learn more from losses than from wins, but you also have to carry forward some good habits. And the Lakers in these ones just don't learn from the good things that they do. They have that in-season tournament run. And yeah, like LeBron is making a fair point when he says that's a small sample size, comparatively speaking. But like also there were things, there were good things that the Lakers were doing that they just like stopped doing the very next game. They played the, to the, the Dallas Mavericks and immediately went away from the suffocating defense and all of that stuff to try to execute in the way that they were um, in other regular season games, and it didn't work out. And I, I don't think they have found their footing ever since. Um, and, and you know, you go through, you have a great win like you have against the Clippers. The Clippers are playing great basketball. You beat them. You have another good win against the Toronto Raptors that are also playing good basketball since they made their trade as well. And you think, all right, what can we learn from here? And what can we build on here moving forward? And none of it takes place. None of it. And, and that's what makes this season so frustrating is every single time they show you who they could possibly be, the next time you see them play, you don't know who you're getting. And, uh, and then this one was a, was a really bad example or, or unfortunately a really good example of that inconsistency. Uh, I talked about the the weird LeBron and AD game, um, and you know I, I guess I, you know there's not much else to add to it. So instead of talking about the weird LeBron and AD game, what I am going to talk about is uh, Darvin Ham, and uh, essentially, and I'm going to be careful with the words that I use here because uh, I guess people aren't getting are kind of upset with me in the walls of the, the the Lakers facility with the amount that I'm reporting on this subject. But Darvin Ham, again, as I've painted the 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 picture here is pretty clear that I keep on painting. People at the very top of the organization who have a vested interest in keeping Darvin Ham around are all very loudly supportive of Darvin Ham. Jeannie Buss, Rob Palenka, right? Uh, Jeannie Buss, he's in the second year of a four-year deal. She doesn't want dead money on the books. And she also, if they fire Darvin Ham and acknowledge that Rob Palenka got this one wrong too, now there's questions starting, you know, more questions about the job that Rob Palenka keeps on doing. Rob Palenka doesn't want those questions about him either. So those two people at the very top of the organization are bought into Darvin Ham. And it's not to say that they don't actually believe in him. I think they do. But also self-preservation is a giant factor when it comes to the way that the Lakers operate, especially at that level. And in this case, those two people have a lot of self-preservation because, by the way, if Jeannie acknowledges that at least in this respect, Rob Palenka hasn't done the best job. This is his third head coach in five years or so of being in charge. Uh, if she acknowledges this, she then has to start to cede power to Jesse and Joey Buss. 
And I don't think she wants to do that. So uh, that is something you always have to keep in mind with Darvin Ham and the conversations and the reporting that comes out about Darvin Ham. In this game, you had Chris Haynes talking about how Darvin is very thankful that everybody is united behind him and all that stuff. And as that was going on, I was on playback on, on all access Lakers. And I'm like, that's not true. And look, maybe Chris has access to different information, or maybe he's just, uh, just relaying a Darvin ham quote altogether possible on all of those fronts. But that is not the case. The organization is kind of split when it comes to Darvin ham. Basketball ops people, and by the way, I talk about the 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 vested interest that that uh, Darwin or that that Rob and Jeannie have in Darwin succeeding. Same can be said about Darwin failing, and how people in the organization see an opportunity here if Darwin is no longer there. So if you're if you know, I have to acknowledge both sides of that equation here um, because they do even each other out to a certain extent. But this game. And this response from LeBron and AD specifically, again, points to, especially with LeBron, because again, like I said to, to, to Aaron today, AD is a lot more happy-go-lucky. He just kind of wants to show up and he hoops. Um, he is very competitive in all of those things, but he doesn't really kind of bother himself with like, do I need to get this coach fired or whatever? Um, LeBron, that is not the case. LeBron I don't think LeBron likes being coached in general. I think that's worth pointing out as well. But with Darwin in particular, um, the the compliments of the other coaches and no showing in this setting is very loud to me. And now, once again, the Lakers find themselves below 500, and they find themselves below 500 with a mostly healthy roster. After the game, you had the you had Darwin saying how they need to get Rui back and they need to get Cam up to 100% and all those things, whatever. I, I still think it's a lame thing to keep on uh, trying to fall back on and and make excuses for yourself here. But uh, for, for the sake of the reporting that I have done on this front and the way that guys in that locker room and the way that people in the, in the basketball operations side of things feel about uh, Darvin Ham, this game is very loud, and the Lakers' record right now is very loud, and and the Lakers are a bounce away from a Norman Powell shot that he that he does hit quite often, and a few free throws potentially away from being O for January, and if they're O for January and they lose this way to that team and that coach, shit gets very very complicated very quickly and um again i don't think i don't think he's anywhere close to getting fired i don't i would be pretty surprised things would have to go really really poorly for darvin to get fired but this game says a lot this game and the silence from the team about darvin as all of that stuff was going on um says a lot about his actual standing with the people who work with him on a day-to-day basis. I do want to spend a little bit of time here uh, because I do think Frank got a raw deal and he continues to get a raw deal when like the reporting about the job that Darwin is doing is that like Jeannie Buss was angry at 
Frank not being able to make Russell Westbrook work um, and not being able to get more out of that situation than he was able to while Russ was a Laker. I contend that no coach would have been able to do that. Um, I'm sure that Phil Jackson gave her all kinds of input on how he would make it work and why, however Frank was falling short there. And that made Jeannie feel a certain way about uh, Frank. But I'm telling you, Russell Westbrook at 47 million bucks, not being able to coexist on the basketball court with LeBron and with AD, that was not tenable. That was not sustainable. And it imploded in the way that you, I I anticipated it it would implode. And no, I don't think Frank did uh, a particularly great job even within those parameters. But still, the fact that they're still shitting on this guy now that he's been gone for two years for that stuff says a lot, I think, about the way that the Lakers kind of operate. And it's kind of ugly, frankly. Um, but late in this one, you have Kevin Durant in... Uh, and you have Bradley Beal in. <laughs> you had Devin Booker play 34 minutes in a game that the Suns were up by 20 midway through the third through the third period. Kevin Durant played uh, 32 minutes. Bradley Beal played 32 minutes. They could have easily played 20-ish minutes in this one, and, and the Suns would have won comfortably. But I do think that um, Frank and those guys, I think those guys probably wanted to keep on playing but I, I do kind of think that Frank probably rather enjoyed, especially given that most recent report about him, keeping those guys in. And you know what? Good for, good, good for him. That's fine. You know, I, I honestly am. Now, I think it's stupid. Don't get me wrong. Uh, those guys, like Bradley Beal, has been in and out of the lineup all year this year. Kevin Durant has injury concerns of his own. Same goes for Devin Booker for, for, for that matter. Um, I personally would not have done that that way, but I also, given the way things ended with the Lakers, given what they keep saying and keep leaking about this guy now, I kind of respect the pettiness. I, I you know, and, and, and you know, I'm glad that he didn't get bit for it. Aside from that, though, I guess what I will say uh, as we kind of embark on on the next game, the Lakers play the Utah Jazz um, on, let's see, today is Thursday. So Saturday they play Utah. Utah is playing great basketball, great basketball. They basically benched Taylor Horton Tucker and took off. And uh, they they beat the shit out of the Denver Nuggets the other night. They, I think, have a win recently against Milwaukee and maybe also against the Celtics. I think they they blew out the Celtics. Um, they are playing great basketball right now. And the Lakers are still on this roller coaster because they can't build on their wins. And again, you know, the Lakers, the, the Jazz, by the way, have the same record as the Lakers right now. So you could be leapfrogged by the Jazz if that game doesn't go very well for you, um, and and you know and and look, they might have surpassed us based on or the Lakers based on uh, you know tiebreakers and stuff like that. I think it's too early to take tiebreakers into account. But in terms of just raw wins and losses, if the Lakers lose to the Jazz on Friday or on Saturday, they would be, <laughs> they would be in some trouble. 
they would be behind the Jazz and they would continue this kind of free fall uh, down the stand down the standings as they try to climb their way back into the play in range. So uh, it is a it is a daunting task ahead of them. Uh, the Jazz, I think, match up very well with the Lakers. Walker Kessler's a big, like bulking physical big that that gives uh ad some issues sometimes now the lakers could get him into foul trouble because of how much the jazz rely on him defensively um but the jazz do some really cool things offensively they are again they have kind of found their identity um and gotten back to the basketball that they were playing last year unlike the lakers and and it is going to be a tough one i think the jazz if you look at the standings the jazz i believe have played uh they have i think the best yeah so in their last 10 the jazz are eight and two that is for you know for everybody in the in the western conference that is better than everybody over the their last 10 uh so they're playing great basketball the lakers can't afford to keep this slide going um given some of the games ahead of them here in january and you know uh I wish I felt more confident in the Lakers. I just don't. Here's the thing. I don't know how to feel about the Lakers on a night in night out basis. Nobody does coming into this one. I was like, you know, should I bet on them? And I've basically stayed away from them for most of the season because I just don't know what you're getting. And you know, the, the, the only thing, the only consistency to the season has been the inconsistency. The, I guess the only other inconsistency or the only other consistency that the Lakers have had this season is kind of like consistent on the wrong side of things. So it's a big game that they have on Saturday. It's a big couple days here for, for Darvin. Um, and the quotes that come out of this one are going to be worth keeping an eye on, but like starting the post, like starting post game reaction with they need to man up is a continuation of the frustrations that I have reported all year long from these guys that every time that the Lakers lose, it's on the players to, you know, with some intangible physical thing that they need to be able to do better. And, uh, and then the excuses for the injuries, if that's how you're going to start this thing, and that's how you're going to hold, you aren't going to hold yourself accountable. You're a leader. And if you're the people that you are leading, know that you will never, ever, ever hold yourself accountable. You're a dead man walking. And I was hoping after like the, the film session that we got that like, that would be kind of the end of post game pressers like this, but apparently it wasn't. And we'll see what the Lakers response to these quotes are going to be. I don't think they're going to be great. That is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers lowdown podcast. Uh, Shouts to Sabrina for trying to come on the show. That was fun while we had her on. That just means I'm going to have to get her on. Uh, another time but uh we have one more show this week i will be doing a happy hour tomorrow afternoon so tune in live on youtube make sure you guys are subscribed on youtube to 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 ensure that you don't miss that show as well if you missed any of this subscribe everywhere that you get your podcast and specifically odyssey uh to make sure you're tuned in uh to to us there as well and yeah until the next time you guys hear from me i'm anthony irwin saying have a great rest of your day Make somebody else's, and I will talk to you 